Hear now this reading from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 7, verses 24 through 29. Listen now for a word from our Lord. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on rock. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell, and great was its fall. Now when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were astounded, were astounded at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority, not as one of their scribes. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. On a beautiful January day in 1986, I was returning from a college class when I saw a large group of students gathered around a television in the lobby of my dorm. And I could tell that something serious had happened. So I went up to the group and I tapped a girl on the shoulder and said, what happened? And she turned to me with this look of shock on her face and said, the space shuttle blew up. She was talking about the Challenger disaster. 73 seconds after liftoff, the space shuttle exploded on live TV in front of the whole world, killing the entire crew. Now that was horrible, of course, but it got worse. After several months of investigation, it was revealed that the crew actually survived the blast, and that they lived for as much as five minutes until their capsule hit the surface of the sea. Later that year, a young rabbi named Kenneth Berger delivered a sermon to his congregation about the Challenger disaster called Five Minutes to Live. And in that sermon, Rabbi Berger said this, can you imagine, for as much as five minutes, the astronauts were alive and conscious and yet knew that death was certain? The thought terrorizes me. Can you imagine knowing that in a few moments death was imminent? What would we think of if, God forbid, you and I were in such circumstances? What would go through our mind? What went through their minds? the seven astronauts. Of course, no one will ever know for sure. And then Rabbi Berger urged his congregation to live lives of love and meaning now so that they could be assured that their legacy would be one of love. We are all building a legacy, you know. Every single one of us, whether we want to or not, whether we're aware of it or not, whether we feel good about it or not, from cradle to grave, we are all building a legacy because our legacy is the lasting influence of our life on the lives of others. In every choice we make, 
how we speak to people, how we treat people, how we spend our money, how we spend our time, how we share or do not share our blessings, we are building a legacy. So of course, friends, this begs the question, what kind of legacy are we building? Are we building a legacy based upon love of God and neighbor, or a legacy based upon love of stuff and self? We do have to choose. We really can't have it both ways. We can't build our life upon a pile of money and sprinkle a little grace on top. And Jesus was brutally honest about this. He said things like, you cannot serve two masters. You cannot serve God and money. And where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. No, friends, we do have to choose. We can't divide the foundation of our life like a pizza, half pepperoni, half cheese, half God, half self. Friends, if you had five minutes to live, what would your legacy be? Do not underestimate how important you are. Your life and how you live it, even in the most mundane moments, matters, has eternal value and influence that you perhaps cannot even see, but yet is very real and very true and very powerful in the lives of others. Now, I know that most of us have difficult times, awkward times in our lives, especially growing up. And I certainly did. Of all 12 grades of school growing up, I, I think the hardest for me was sixth grade. My mama will tell you sixth grade was tough. I was a, a bookworm at that age. Very quiet and shy, non-athletic and socially awkward. And I had a lot of social anxiety. My idea of a nightmare in the sixth grade was to walk into a room full of people I didn't know and try to make conversation with them. I was in confirmation class at my church that year, but I didn't really enjoy it that much. Not because I, I didn't like the material, but because I didn't know any of the kids in my confirmation class. They were all from other schools. So when it came time for the confirmation retreat at Lake Bridgeport, I dreaded it. I figured I'd spend the whole weekend eating meals by myself and probably read a book in the cabin during free time. Well, the first night when we got there and it was time for dinner, I got my tray and went out into the cafeteria and I was so relieved because I found a group of students that I could just sit next to. Now, I wasn't with them, I didn't speak to them, and they didn't talk to me, but I could sit next to them, and I was happy with that. But the next morning at breakfast was a different story. I came into the cafeteria, and I, I couldn't find anyone to even just sit next to. So I took my tray, and I went to a table and sat alone, and I felt very self-conscious, and I was just trying to eat as fast as I could, when an older woman who was volunteering with our church this week, that weekend spotted me and came over and sat down to eat with me. Now, 
She was way past retirement age. She didn't have any kids in the program, but she loved God and she loved the church and she loved young people so much she was willing to give of her time for an entire weekend to be with a bunch of sixth graders. Well, she worked very hard to draw me out and make conversation with me. She was so kind. And after that, I didn't have to worry that weekend about having anybody to eat with anymore because at every meal, she sought me out and she ate with me. And I got to know her a little bit, and I, I just loved her. Well, then the final meal came before we were going to leave. And friends, I remember this like it was yesterday. I mean, it's just crystal clear to me. We were sitting there together, and she reached into her handbag, and she brought out a brand-new, unopened, whole pack of juicy fruit gum and gave it to me. And I was just thrilled, and I was so touched by her kindness that I jumped out of my chair, and I hugged her so hard her glasses fell off. Her kindness and tenderheartedness was her legacy to me, see? All these years later, old as I am, she could never know this. But if I go into a gathering where people are eating and someone is sitting alone, you better believe it. I'm going to make a beeline to go and sit down and eat with them. That legacy of love she left with me continues to touch my heart to this very day. You know, when Jesus wanted to drive home a truth, he often told a story. And after delivering the greatest sermon ever preached, the Sermon on the Mount, he told a story about building houses. It's a simple story, really a short one, but so powerful and full of eternal truth. Jesus said, there was a wise man who built his house on a rock. And there was a foolish man who built his house on sand. Then the rains came down. We know about that, right? And the floods came up. And the house on the rock stood firm. But the house built on sand collapsed and washed away. Every single one of us is building a legacy. If we are wise, we build it on the rock of Jesus Christ's love. Nothing else will do, friends. Nothing else will last. For as the old hymn says, everything else is sinking sand. And church, you know this lesson already. I'm absolutely confident that you do because there's so much goodness in this body of believers and so much generosity among you and so much love that you pour out into the world. Terrytown, you understand that when you make a promise, a, a commitment to the ministry of Jesus Christ or the ministries of this church, that you are entering into a covenant of love. It's a covenant with all of the little children who learn about the Bible here. 
It's a covenant with all the young people who find refuge here from the pressures around drugs and alcohol. It's a covenant with all of the adults who come here asking, who is God and who am I and what is my life about? Church, you understand that the promises you make and the promises you keep are building a legacy of love that will influence generations of people for good and for God, and that is not a small thing. Because real life, true life, the life that is life, abundant life, is not about stuff and self. It's about God and neighbor. So the love that you share, the the gifts that you offer, the hope that you bring is powerful. It's changing lives. It will continue to change lives. You are building a legacy of love for the future. One more thing about Rabbi Berger. About three years after he preached that sermon to his congregation about the Challenger disaster entitled, Five Minutes to Live, he was on a plane going from Denver to Chicago. He was returning from vacation. When the tail engine of that plane exploded midair, crippling the controls. For 40 minutes, the passengers on that flight were told to prepare for a crash landing. With Rabbi Berger on that flight was his wife and two of his three children. The plane hit the ground in Sioux City, Iowa, and it erupted in flames, killing 112 passengers, including Rabbi Berger and his wife who were in their early 40s. This faithful man, who had inspired so many with a sermon titled Five Minutes to Live, had 40 minutes to consider his life and legacy. Of course, we'll never know exactly what he thought about, but friends, I know God was with him in it. And I pray that he knew how many lives he had influenced for good and for God. And I pray as well that he knew the peace that comes from knowing that our legacy is one of love. My friends, that's my prayer for every single one of you. That you know that peace. That your legacy is one of love. Because that's what life is about. That's why we're here. That is abundant life. Will you pray with me? Holy God, we give you thanks for the gift of life. You are so generous with us, oh God, and we pray that we would return just a portion of what you have shared with us back to you and to your work in this world. Lord, open us to share all we are and have to build a legacy of love in your holy name. It is in Christ's name that we pray. Amen.